basically my message is fuck yourself. You know what that is? That is the Hollywood Reporter, right? Look at them. They're all laughing and smiling. All your idols, you want to be like them, right? And you know what they're doing? They're laughing about you. That is the film business. It's like a dirty pieces of shit and I never played that game. I made movies and focused on the movies, right? And that is uh, uh, how I operate. You know, it's so pissing me off how fake that business is, but also how the young people of today falling in the fucking trap because they're all stupid. You know, like wake the fuck up. Iron Man is not existing. The Avengers are not existing. These are all fucking retarded idiots. And Robert Downey Jr. and all that people, yeah, they are idiots. And not idiots, they just grab the money and they're laughing their asses off. That is the most bullshit business with bullshit idiots one after the other lined up behind each other. You know, they're all fucking each other in the asses and nobody makes any decisions. All the actors ever worked with, Ben Kingsley or whatever, are fucking pussies, nothing else. They are in the assholes of the managers, agents, and publicists, and, and attorneys, and they protect them. They're, it's so fake and absurd that I really, really uh, wish they wouldn't get fucking wiped out. And I have enough go uh, money to play golf till I'm dead. Uh, so goodbye and goodbye Hollywood. Welcome back, gamers. This is Andrew Gonzalez. And I'm Joshua Edgington. And this is 8-Bit Movie Review, ya! Yeah? That sounded more Swedish than German. Well, I am Swedish. I am a bit of a Swede. But this week, we discuss the, I don't know, <laughs> documentary Yeah. <laughs> on UV Bowl. Fuck you all. Yeah, I've heard it. I saw it named multiple things like, fuck you all, the UE Bowl story. Just the UE Bowl story. And I was like, oof. Yeah, I, honestly, like that opening speech, how wrong is he? <laughs> it sums it up pretty yeah. much who this man is. Yeah, he, he's he's not 100% wrong, though, which is fucking weird. <laughs> he, he might be a complete fucking narcissist and like an aggressive motherfucker. But uh, I mean, after watching this, dude... It kind of just looks like he sticks to his guns regardless of what fucking people think and kind of got to respect someone that is like that. Well, yeah, I do want to discuss that 100%. Yeah. But first, I want to go back to what you said where you feel like he's not wrong. In what part of that spiel he went on do you think that he was not wrong? Um, the, the fact that people look up to celebrities in Hollywood thinking that they actually give a fuck, they don't. He's He's not wrong about that. Like how, how, how ridiculous did people think when fucking Gal Gadot put out that Imagine music video with a bunch of other celebrities like singing that song when the pandemic started thinking, this is what the world needs. That's just another side of narcissism, except they're not as aggressive as Yui Bowl. No, it's true. And I 100% agree with you on it. Um, except like, um, one of my favorite musicians, Jeff Rosenstock, has a song where he discusses, like, he pretty much says that that celebrities don't give a shit about who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, the only thing is, is I feel like he's bringing it more to attention. Where I feel like UV Bowl is throwing more of a tantrum. Oh yeah, probably. But um, I mean, when was that clip taken from? Probably when he was in his peak, early internet days, where reviews actually 
like made a difference with sales. And that's probably when he went on his like biggest fucking tirade of like posting anti reviews and doing the bullshit. Like we'll, we'll discuss where he's fucking boxing critics. <laughs> well, I, I wonder if it came out when he gave up because how it ends with, uh, I'm done with the Hollywood bullshit. I have enough money to golf for the rest of my life. Fuck you. All. Yeah, maybe. I mean, honestly, the the end of this where he kind of talked about, you know, moving into being a restaurateur and like he just seemed way more chill and like he actually enjoyed it. <laughs> so, I mean, hey, I mean, I got to admit, like narcissists can 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 make it pretty far. We just had a president as one, and he's one of the biggest narcissists very we've true, ever seen. Very true. I feel like Yui Bowles kind of very similar attitude of just being like, I'm going to say this. I'm going to do this thing the way I want to do it. If you don't like it, fuck you. Because, like, I mean, they, they said it multiple times. Like, you may not like the movie, or you may immediately think it's going to be a shit movie just because his name is associated to it. But because of that, people still went and saw it, and he still made money. And then he still kept making more movies. So, uh, I don't know. I agree I agree with you on that. And um, for people, if you're tuning into this podcast for the first time, uh, welcome. And we're very sorry. And um, <laughs> Yeah, this is not a good introduction. <laughs> this podcast, we usually watch movies and series based on video games. Uh, and if you're not familiar with UV Bowl, he is one known for being one of the worst directors of all time, but he also does a, a lot of video game movies and is why we decided for our 50th episode. Um, congratulations, Josh. We made congratulations, it. Congratulations, Andrew. Um, we've decided to do the UV bowl documentary because he has tortured us greatly with a lot of his movies. Yeah. Um, a lot of the, okay. So a lot of the interviews we see in this are, People talking about, oh, he's misunderstood. Like, maybe he is a nice guy with a horrible work ethic. But a lot of the people come back to the same thing, same negative point, is that he really doesn't give a fuck about the script. Like, I mean, Blood Rain's the perfect example. The lead script writer wrote a first draft, sent it to him, and he basically was like, well, it's two weeks late, and we've been waiting in Romania for this script so we can start recording. Or, or filming, not recording. But they're like, well, yeah, that's the first draft. And they only used 25% of her yeah. her first written draft. And it's unfortunate because this kind of like fucked up her career for a little bit too because they gutted what she gave them, and but they still saw her name credited to mm -hmm. it. So like he, that's the thing, like, he doesn't give a fuck, but what he doesn't realize is that he's making other people look bad. Yeah, but then at the end of that, she also said, well, he also paid me up front. That money was immediately my bank account. So she was like, eh, whatever. Yeah, she was very positive <laughs> about it. This so, yeah. No, what were you going to say? You go ahead. I was just going to say, like, yeah, I mean, they can take whatever they want and out of context, uh, context with her. But, you know, she got paid. No. You're right. And that's the thing about this documentary. Like, they they advertise it like it's going to be like he's insane. All we're gonna focus on all the insane stuff of him, but really a good portion of this is one these actors who keep coming back to work with him, complimenting him constantly. His friends; these are people that are his friends. Clint Howard like loves this guy. 
and Ron Howard's brother. Yeah, and wow. he's been in a ton of these movies. And he's like, oh, I hope he does them again. It's like, because you just want work, buddy. And it, I, I don't get it. I, I guess maybe he's easy to work with. But right when we get off the bat, right off the bat of this documentary, people are like, oh, he's amazing. He's misunderstood. They even had his wife for only two minutes. And then we're like, okay, we heard enough from her. She keeps, I don't know if she said some other stuff, but, you know, she was saying, oh, he's such a sweet guy. He's such a family man. You know, I just th- feel like he's understood. And then he's like talking about how his mom, she, she was talking to his mom about him. And he's like, why didn't you say that that was great? It's sex. It's like, oh, there's UV bull. Yeah. I mean, whatever. You can separate a person from the director producer. And of course they're going to try to make it. I mean, he was getting a lot of fucking negative flack for so many years. Of course. I was honestly surprised that I didn't see his name as like a producer or director on this documentary, to be very fair. Same. Um, I was waiting for it, and then it never happened. I was like, wow. So this this documentary team actually found people willing to say nice things about this guy. And I guess for the most part, a lot of the things were like, yeah, you know, he's a good person, and he's funny, and he's driven. Um, but he's also his work ethic is very stoic and very fucking strict. And some people like that. Like, I'm sure the crew loved that. I'm sure the crew loved how much he pushed to get the best out of everyone so that they could just go home early and but not at, be dragging stuff out for weeks and weeks. But at the same time, you could see where, where that the quality kind of like, where you see that lacking quality big yeah. time in a lot of his movies. And, you know, they talk about how he he is actually serious about the work, but not the script in that there was no producer to really give him like notes or tell him what he should be doing. And it was just all him. And honestly, you know, when it showed some of his serious movies, they looked filmed a little bit better. Not that I want to see them. I don't want to see What was it? Auschwitz. Auschwitz. 1968 something like mostly war movies. It's, but they looked better filmed than what I've seen from him. You know what I mean? And they were saying when he puts like a hundred percent in something he really cares for, you know, he, it's it shows though we haven't seen it at all but the thing is i'm saying maybe he is actually really good at what he does but if he lightened the load and didn't have to do anything and actually took pointers from people instead of just trying to do everything on his own he may be a more respected director but yeah, exactly. he's just known for just like not taking anyone's advice um not just, really directing people is one thing that a couple people said exactly. is that he will give direction, but he is not the director director. He is not like, okay, we need to reset this and do this. Like even um, Clint Howard said at one point, like on one of the movies, he was like reading a magazine while they were doing a scene. And then he just asked his right hand guy, like I assume a producer, like, hey, was that good? Oh, okay, we'll move on. Like he just, it seemed like, he didn't want to uh, receive any feedback because a he was it was his vision and b he put up all the money so he's like no do what I say and we're just gonna do it this way. But that's the thing. This whole time we thought that he was one hundred percent funding everything himself, but no, he's a schmooze. Well, they said he's not a schmoozer, but he was somehow raising the money. Yeah. In some instances, like the one where he filmed three movies at one time. Which I was going to get into because you brought up 
that that part but go ahead and yeah. like continue off like i mean i can understand uh like okay well you know he's not a well-respected director but this guy's he's saying he can pump out three fucking movies in the same amount of time because he's going to use the same sets mostly the same actors like yeah we'll fund one and a half movies for him to get three like yeah that just makes sense and two of them were almost shot for shot the same and it was this most of the same actors and it was a spoof off the it was blood rain three and then blubberella and blubberella was a spoof movie of blood rain three and he just filmed them scenes side by side and even used some of the same shots but just like put the spoof stuff in right after doing the serious stuff. And then he started doing the same thing because he started doing that Auschwitz movie and he used a lot of that, like even the same actors. Um, what was the name of that actor who was in a, in a ton of his movies? Um, uh, I'm not sure of his name, but he was the lead in Ra- the rampage movies where he was just like a, basically like a Columbine type shooter. Just killing people. See, I had his. I had his name here. Let me see. I know him from uh, Freddy vs. Jason. Yes, he's the stoner in Freddy vs. Jason. But um, and they didn't really talk about it. Uh, but UV Bull <laughs> talked him into doing blackface, <laughs> and the way that he acted like he regretted it. I think I am pretty sure he has a lot of trouble getting work, and that might be part of it. Brendan Fle- Fletcher. Um, Brendan Fletcher. Yeah, but I don't think that's the reason. Like, yeah, blackface isn't something people do anymore. But even as early as like in the early two thousands, they were still doing it on sitcoms and stuff for like comedic. Like it was. Yeah, but this was two thousand eleven, man. Yeah, I know. But uh, I mean, that's not going to end his career. Him not being a good actor is what ended his True. career. True. That I I believe that a little bit yeah. more. But still, that like I don't know what the context of that scene is. But one having a German dress up and not as Hitler is kind of I feel in my opinion a little bit more insensitive. That's the thing about this guy. He doesn't give a shit. Like, yeah, he doesn't we, care. He he wants to offend people, and. Uh, I feel like that's not what you should do when you want to be a director. Like I understand being edgy and and making a point, but he wasn't making a point. He was making himself laugh. Like he didn't even care about the audience, this guy. Like he was more like, "Well, I think this is funny." And they'd be like, "Well, you, like some of the actors sometimes would even be like, "Well, I don't find this that funny." And he'd be like, "Well, fuck you. It's my movie. Do you have money for to make a movie?" No, well I do. Yeah, well, that's just a narcissist being a narcissist. And if he's doing most of the work and doing it all himself, like, who are they to complain? They're still getting paid. But, I mean, there's more examples of that, like that one where he forced that guy to do blackface, even though he didn't want to do it. And then there was that other, like, super cringy scene on one of the Blood Rain sequels where he's talking with the lead actress. And he's like, well, why don't you want to be naked? He's like, that's what sells. He's like, violence and nudity. And, he, and she's like, well, I did nudity in this one thing. And he's just like, yeah, okay, so just get naked for this movie. It's like, wow, that is just a... <sighs> it's probably why people don't like him as a director. He's very misogynistic. Yep. And but how, how hey, he, he pretty... also made money. <laughs> True. It's, it's tough. It's tough to argue with. I mean, what did he say that was wrong? Forcing her to do it? Yeah, that's wrong. Saying that people 
will buy tickets to see movies that have tits and violence in them. That's still accurate. Yeah, well, yeah, that yeah. was accurate. But the way that he's saying, like, you know, he was like Tyra ty- 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 Reed. He wanted her to be naked in blood. Uh, um, yeah, or at least uh, or at least take her bra off. Yeah, and said. then yeah. he she said no, and he was like, but then you look at the tabloids, you look at everything, and she's she's just at parties naked all the time. Why won't she be naked for for money? And it's like, well, who cares if she doesn't want it? Then get someone else. Yeah, exactly. You know, he explains how he get. Like we've always wondered, how is he getting a lot of these big name actors? Ben Kingsley, um. Jay, what's his Jason fun? Statham? Jason um, Statham. He got, uh, he got a lot of people. J.K. Uh, I almost J- said J.K. Rowling. <laughs> J.K. Simmons. J.K. Yeah. Simmons. You know, and it's mainly because he found out that if he calls all these eight, he goes to like this agency and he finds, okay, what big actors are busy right now? Okay, which ones aren't and they have nothing going on? Like he gets a lot of these big names when they're in a lull and just not doing anything so he's like oh i just offer him a good amount of money and i get them yeah i mean i can't say anything bad about that that's kind of how the business works yeah but he but he said the biggest thing is the way you can do it is if you don't give a fuck about who's in your movies yeah and that's a problem too because you know when you're a director it's again going back to what you said he's not directing when you're a director uh you know you try to think about Who's going to fit this part better and make this movie work? Goes back to like Back to the Future where Eric Schultz, he, they filmed half the movie with him, Back to the Future. But like Zumeckis and um, Spielberg both were just like, this isn't going to work. This movie's going to flop unless we get Michael J. Fox. UV Bull probably never had a thought like that in his life while he was making movies. No, probably not. No, he 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 worked with what he got pretty much. And I'm sure there was plenty of instances where he got a big actor and they were just like, "Well, I'm not fucking dealing with this dude how, the way he's treating me." And then he had to replace him probably with Romanian prostitutes that were just <laughs> randomly there. Well, that I was going to say about Blood Rain, you know, that's why he said um you know, like, well, I got, I got women that would want to be naked in a movie. And he's like, I paid them $20 each, which, come on, man. You're he, said it was, the, well, he said it was double what they normally take. Yeah, he said usually be $10, and he <laughs> gave them, them double. 20, 20. Uh, Oh, fucking asshole. And, you know, speaking about Blood Rain and, you know, him, like some actors saying fuck you to him, I want to know what happened between him and Ben Kingsley. Because in that rant, he he called Ben Kingsley a pussy. So, and Ben Kingsley was in Blood Rain, which we, we noticed he probably shot for two days. Oh, I I think I miss... Or maybe... I thought that the quote was, he was talking about how Hollywood actors in themselves are pussies. And he's oh, like, aside from the ones I've worked with, like Ben Kingsley, I thought that's what he was trying oh, to I say. Oh, I thought was he that, said like Ben Kingsley. Because who, I think that he's pussy. like the only big one he really worked with or really respected because the guy's like a super method I thought actor. He ca- I thought he called pussy. He I thought have, He, he might have done pussy. that. I mean, that's not out of character either. He probably did. He probably called him a pussy every day. And Ben Kingsley was like, I'm a vampire because <laughs> I'm a method actor. 
Yeah, but you could tell if, if you ever watch, if anybody ever watches Blood Rain, and definitely check out our episode where we had special guests Sam Stair and Joe Meganara from the Horror Squad podcast. Great episode. Um, you could tell that Ben Kingsley didn't want to be there, and that he was seriously probably there for a day. I lied; he was probably there for like two hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know. Same thing that it, the same thing happened like when he was in that Sopranos episode. They were probably like, "Hey, you got like an hour to film something? We'll pay you money." And he's like, "Okay." He was in Sopranos. He I, was in some episode of Sopranos. Yeah, I I, think. I fell off of it after a while. I tried getting into Sopranos. It was pretty good, but after that, the seasons are all the same. Somebody's trying. Someone's a rat. Who's the rat? Yeah. You know. Who's Tony's, the rat? Gay people are bad and gabagool. Yeah. And Tony's cheating on his wife. Yep. And therapy. And therapy. We can't forget about therapy because let's forget good, about uh, the therapy. That's a good portion of uh, you know, that show. Do you have the uh, what other quote do you have? Do you have the quote where he talked about? Um, because I actually wrote. I I was laughing so hard when he said this. Uh, the quote about like him he not having respect for people or not necessarily disrespecting people, but not thinking people were above him. Like when he talks about Will Smith and Tom Cruise. I don't have a lot of respect in general to other people. That I mean, it's not I disrespect people, right? But I also never see somebody above me. You know, I can I can I will not see oh you Will Smith you're above me or you're, if I meet Tom Cruise I will tell him like how stupid Scientology is and what fucking retard is. So you know like so I insulted a lot of people in my career uh, because I didn't respect their their authority. But you're right. He has no respect for anyone, and that's why a lot of these major actors don't want to be in his films. And when they do have them, you hear about it most of the time of them being drunk. But, but, none, but that quote has nothing to do about him being... He's saying that he he doesn't actually try to disrespect people. He just doesn't look at people like celebrities as being above himself, which I don't think any of us should. I don't think we should idolize celebrities. See, I don't... I, I agree with that to a point as a viewer, but if you want to be a major director or at least getting to the movie business, that's the thing. Like he wants to be a movie maker in Hollywood, but he doesn't want to play by the rules and he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to conform, which I get. But if you, if you, if you want to be successful, you do have to conform a little bit. And you know, especially nowadays, it's not like something where you can have someone like Kubrick who can do whatever the fuck they want. But he made it to the point where he could do that. And people were still signing checks to make him do whatever he wanted. UV Bowl just came out of nowhere, um, had some fortunate funding with some other Hollywood producers and was able to make a movies. But just also at the same time be like, nope, it's my way or the highway. I'm nobody well, now he's somebody. I guess it did. You know what, though? I guess it did put him on the map in some way. I mean, if you're going to live a life where you are a kind of antagonizing a demographic of people, but somehow you're able to use that to your advantage and succeed, like he's rich. He owns restaurants now that are successful. So who's to say that all those shitty movies weren't part of like his plan? Like he did say he just wanted to be a filmmaker. And a lot of the times they said, like, yeah, these video game movies are what allowed him to do his passion pieces. And if that's really all that his legacy is going to be is a bunch of movies about video games that most people say aren't very good, 
but then he made these movies he actually liked and he retired with a bunch of money and hey cool good for you man doesn't See, I, mean doesn't mean it's going to change my opinion about any of his movies oh yeah and i want to agree with you and be like oh yeah yeah you know what he got to live his dream but you know what that's not 100% true because he always says he didn't give a fuck but he totally gave a fuck the way it was is as you said he was overly narcissistic and when people didn't agree with what his movies were he would just get mad and throw tantrums like if he didn't really give a shit then he should have just kept making movies not caring and causing scenes i honestly thought that the boxing event that he put out was it's brilliant it's genius honestly oh great idea to get publicity absolutely and and the fact that he per, he paid or he didn't pay himself and maybe the fight promoter or promotion company paid for it to fly out all of these reviewers and the they wimpiest didn't know. reviewers exactly people that thought it was a PR stunt and then he beat the fuck out of these people because he has a lot of experience boxing that is that is, that is amazing I th- I thought that was uh that was pretty fucking hilarious what happened there it was the best part of the whole I I was hoping that the documentary is going to be more about this like he fought like a hundred people in one day well i think there is another documentary called raging bull that i oh, believe, that must be it yeah that i must believe be about that, that that's what that was about and i thought that was just another documentary i'll have to check that one out and hey maybe we'll do it another time because- and what a brilliant name for that event raging bull as in his last name yeah yeah uh yeah, I think. Do you think he gave himself that name? I think he gave himself that name. Ridiculous. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't want to watch that documentary. Um, I don't need to know more about this person. But I, 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 I don't think he gave himself that nickname. Or you know what? Yeah, he yeah, did. Come on. He definitely did. It because the only de- nickname that if somebody else gave it to him, it'd be like raging balls or something like that because like big penis director p big pen no small penis director because he just acts he throws fits all the time like this guy acts like he's got a dark sense of humor which he does but he thinks he's got a sense of humor but and he doesn't i feel like this whole like first this documentary starts off with the just like talking about how he he's misunderstood and all this stuff and then later on we it's just him throwing fits the whole time. Yeah. I did find it kind of funny when it showed him on set and like, especially I think it was uh, house of the dead where the, there was an actress trying to do it uh, like a take where she was supposed to like rip a head off and then like, look at the camera all like menacingly. And he's just like, no, fuck you. No, it's Shiza, Shiza, Shiza. And I was like, Oh, that's so funny. It's not scary. It's not scary. It's not and it's so funny how he he went on that whole thing about like I don't think that when they were interviewing him and he's like I don't think you should censor anybody or language or anything and it's just like didn't the German people at one point trying to censor a whole race of people off the planet and now they've been censoring the history of that period of time as well well he probably you know I believe that uh, I don't know I believe that he didn't agree with like the german stuff that's why i felt like in postal he was trying to really like 
Ooh, I'm being, I'm being, um, yeah, edge lord status. Edge, yeah, edge lord. Like yeah, I'm a Nazi. <laughs> yeah, it's paid for with Nazi gold. I'm going to pay this man with the gold I teeth. I forgot. Of, I'm I... going to pay the this man with the the gold teeth of victims of Auschwitz and the Holocaust. And it's like, okay. And, and that then that go- scene follows him shooting a bunch of children. <laughs> and that goes into like uh the scene um now we're talking about postal and if you if you listen to the show regularly, you will know that Josh and I say that is probably our least favorite video game movie. And um and it showed when it came out how people were very upset about that movie. He uh felt he had a kind of an in with video gamers and there is really nobody that's going to be able to do a good movie about a video game and video gamers are very passionate and they'll eat you alive and they did if bad films were crimes uva bowl would be public enemy number one uh, this is it this is the apex of shitty movies that we've seen i i've tried every week i come in here and try and find a silver lining there just isn't one and i hate being this uh just unmitigated cynicism around a film but this is unwatchable like, te- the, it, the movie starts, and I'm like, I hate it. I hate okay. it already. Uh, why don't you try, in the future, making a movie that's worth a fuck? I hope you are laughed straight into your fucking grave, you miserable piece of garbage. You're trash, Juve. Uh, dude, your movies fucking suck. You are a horrible, horrible, if not the worst director of this era. Why the fuck is this guy a director? Seriously, I mean, he whatever he touches fucking falls down. This guy's a fucking hack. He's a piece of dog shit. Somebody should knock you the fuck out. Fuck. Fuck. Oh, fuck that movie, man. Fuck that movie. This is literally one of the worst... No, it is the worst fucking comedy I've ever seen in my fucking life. Fuck you, Ui. Suck on my dick. Yeah, I don't... Like, this is the part that I fucking honestly was like, maybe he was right. <laughs> maybe Ui Bull was right to be, like, such a dick. It was a montage of fucking movie reviewers, quote-unquote, and they're just a bunch of fucking nerds sitting in their basement trying to be the angry video game nerd saying everything sucks and he's a fucking loser and shit. Yeah, but this came out this most of these I think came out on postal, especially the person that held up the DVD at the yeah. end and you were equally as angry man after watching. Absolutely, that movie. but I'm saying what I'm saying is that um how could he not retaliate? How could he not come out and say if you think it's so easy to take a, a movie concept and put go through all of the facets of it to put it out and distribute it, why don't you do it yourself? And none of these people probably have ever done anything close to that other than posting their dumb fucking opinions on YouTube. Isn't that what we do, though? Isn't that what this podcast is? Yeah, exactly. It is. And, you know, (laughs) I would. So we apply to that, too. Yeah, but if I (laughs) if I had uh, the money and stuff that he would, I would do a movie. I would just be a little bit more careful and care more about what I'm putting out. When you see something as postal, it's just a run-on joke of everything that UV Bowl wanted to put in a joke, funny movie. That that guy was you were talking about it outside before we started recording. Um, you know, and I'll let you say it like what his friend was saying about these movies, about about uh postal. 
Oh, yeah, that, um, you know, I think his quote was something along the lines of, you know, on paper, shooting a bunch of children is not funny. But when you see it, it is kind of hilarious. And and I was like, ah, I didn't think it was hilarious. You you kind of, I thought it was distasteful, to be honest. Like, I don't give a fuck about violence in movies. Like, I prefer violence in movies. I don't mind edgy jokes or, you know... Words we're not supposed to use anymore. I don't care about that stuff. But when it's distasteful, to be distasteful, yeah, I don't care for that. Uh, the children being shot in the big shootout in the middle of the show is, is horrific when you tell people the story, but when you see it, it's hilarious. So there's something about that. And when, when you hear of a plane crashing into the World Trade Center, it's tasteless when you talk about it. But really, when you see it, it's quite funny. And that's what most of Postal was, which is why, yeah, that is the worst movie we've ever seen. And motherfuckers, we've we watched like the Animal Crossing animated movie from Japan and nothing happened to that movie. (laughs) (laughs) But I would watch that a hundred times over watching Postal even one more time. Um, There was one little interview piece that he did with G4 slash Attack of the Show that I honestly agreed with his comments. And I think those shows got the best out of him. Like he wasn't a fucking maniac and he kind of sounded a little more sane, but his quote was um, video game fans are very passionate and they put so much time into a game. They basically build the movie in their brain. He's like, so no matter what, they're not going to like what I do because it's just not going to ever meet their expectations. And I think that's very true. And we can kind of, it's kind of akin to game of Thrones. Like when Game of Thrones came out, all these book readers were like, this isn't good enough. This is not supposed to be this way. How could they ruin this? And it's it's kind of that same concept. Like you take something you're super passionate about, like a video game or a movie or a story or something, and you it becomes a part of like your identity. And you think that you should be able to control how it's told when it's it's not. Especially Game of Thrones. People were very mad about the ending because they thought that they should be able to have a say in how it ended. And also, you know, the directors kind of fucked it up. Not the directors, the writers fucked it up. Once they ran out of the original source, that was it. Yeah. I would agree with you if it was a different director. And again, I'm not trying to, like, just keep digging into this man. But from what I've seen in this documentary is... All this guy is is excuses. Like, even in this, you know, he, in that quote you're talking about, like, he's pretty much just saying, oh, well, you know, they they have their own story that they want, which is, uh, I agree with that. But the thing is, when you hear, like, when he makes movies like Blood Rain and he just takes the first draft and then guts it and then just starts filming almost immediately without even trying to consider what might work, what might not work, like what he can do to make a movie, a video game movie actually be good. He doesn't do it. Like he doesn't take the time. He just says like, Oh, well gamers, they're just not going to fucking get it. This is again, it's like I said, he's just making these movies for him. That's what it seems like. Because even in this, like I have another clip, very clip happy today. Um, well, I mean, this isn't, this isn't, there's not a whole lot of meat to this review, Uh, not review, but the movie itself, the documentary is pretty, it's trying to place him in a a fairer light. 
still showing some of the intense stuff and you know but then trying to smooth it over with yeah but his wife likes him yeah but then we get like excuses like this though when he's like you know like he i feel like he feels like he's the victim all my movies always were technical well made that is the thing when they always said like amateurish bc movies edwards blah 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 it's just not true Everybody who worked on my movies in the technical crew, they're all from Vancouver top people. You know, so it's, it's completely absurd to say they do X-Men and then they do Blood Rain and now they're turning into total idiots who doesn't know how to put a light up or to edit a movie or whatsoever. The fact is that all Uwe Ball movies are shown basically on every country in, in the world. And there are not a lot of movies they're getting sold to Japan, Korea, Thailand, Argentina, Brazil. And he and he's right on that. Like yeah, he, he is. He is right on that. But again, it goes back to what we both said. It's the lack of directing. And mm-hmm. he doesn't want to take Yeah, and it's true. Like he's like, Well, I get people from these big movies. Why is it why is it my movies are being shit on when no one else's movies are being made? But Mine are, but they're saying my quality is bad. Yeah, you can have great a great crew, great lighting, great you know microphone gaffes. My you have all that great shit, but if you don't have a leader, a person who's actually you know seeing things unfold and anticipating flaws and then trying to correct them, um, you're gonna be left with a lackluster end result, and we've seen that time and time again in most of his movies, like something feels off. It feels like he didn't anticipate, like here's the best camera angle because it's even said a few times in this, like, Oh, he'll just set up like four or five cameras and get that shot in different ways and just pick one. Even if they're not that good. Yeah. He, he doesn't really care for, you know, uh, the feel of a scene. You know, he even Mm -hmm. says that like, he doesn't give a shit about, you know, he was kind of ripping on how some directors like feel a mood in a scene where he's just like, it's a scene. We have the script. That's all it is. Yeah. Just imagine the third act of Avengers Endgame with all of the people like Steve Rogers, Captain America's walking. He's fucked up, broken shield, walking toward Thanos and his army. And all those portals start opening and you hear like the fucking Be- Benny Hill theme or something like that. Or like it, it doesn't focus on the right people or, you know, like that scene alone with like very little happening with people just walking out and Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther just nodding a little bit to Captain America. And you like really feel that emotion of like Steve's seeing that there's fucking hope. And then Thanos having the doubt on his face, like, so much is felt through the emotion of that scene and like what most of it's cgi but just because it's so fucking well produced you feel that shit and it has a big impact and we don't get that in most ue bold and i think that's what he doesn't understand that's what's important of a movie of how it makes the viewer feel and and a time and time again, we've said in this episode so far, he's just, he think he, he's over and he budgets like crazy. So he's all about rushing to get these movies done 
and he doesn't have any thought of quality control and it just baffles me when they're like the quality's a little shit but then he always comes up and says things like well well i've seen this movie by a good director and the quality was shit there so it shouldn't be a problem if my movie's gonna have low quality because it's shit and it's like but you don't have that name, UV. <laughs> like, you don't have that fucking name. That's why you're not going to get away with it. And he doesn't understand that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I still want to go to his restaurant in Vancouver. Well, this is the thing, too, and I'm glad you brought up the restaurant because... That's pretty good. That seems to be his passion. And what they said is, like, he took his time on it and, like, he really focused on it. It's kind of... He's been always kind of a foodie. So that kind of shows me... And that's when I, I will admit that gave me a little respect for him to be like, you just haven't been doing what you've been wanting to do, man. Like, he thinks that he... he you know, he was saying when he was a kid... Um, you know, his parents would take him to go see these movies and a lot of people couldn't afford to do it so that he would go to the recess yard and, and tell these stories of these shows that he saw or movies to his friends. And he became an excellent storyteller. Like he's so full of himself. He's very like Donald Trump now that I think about yeah, it. He's just German Donald Trump. Yeah. And you know, it, and then you see this restaurant and I looked up photos. I looked at the food. Cause at first I was like German fine dining. I don't know. I never hear anybody say they want to go out to German food, but the food looks amazing. And the, the restaurant looks great. You wouldn't even, you would not even think that this man made those God awful movies. Yeah, I mean, like Wolfgang Puck is a really well. He's Austrian, but like Austrian German food, pretty similar. Wiener Schnitzel, all that True. shit, you know. But he's he's very successful. He just opened. I think yeah. uh, it says at the end of the documentary, he just opened up a couple more. Um, you know, and but the big difference there is he probably hired professional chefs, and he's giving them the time to like, hey, if you're gonna make a like Michelin star menu. Take the time you need. Just make it successful, and I'll give you the money to do it. Whereas I don't think, because of with movies, he probably was under the gun a lot of the time to you meeting meet deadlines. So I'm sure that's where a lot of the quality of work came. What fell out was because, yeah, he got the money, but he got it because he probably said he could have it turned around in like a quarter of the time it would sh- it should take. True. That's definitely how I think he got all that funding, especially when he did three movies at a time, you know? Yeah. That's unbelievable. I couldn't believe when I found out he did that. And like, then I would say it's a little clever to do a spoof movie off of one of the movies you're doing. Blubberella. But then they even said like how the ending just ends because he didn't even give a shit about that movie. He was like saying how yeah, prioritize blood rain, the third Reich. And then his passion piece, the Auschwitz movie, and then Blubberella is like, eh, whatever. Yeah, which I don't know that. We're not watching that. We're not watching that. <laughs> it's not a video game movie, Good. so, you know. Video game movie director. Don't don't worry about that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I will say I agree with you. This movie did kind of give me slight respect from different angles of him. The only thing is, is that he's just very full of himself. And with yep. that attitude like that, honestly, he's better off just running the re- a 
in the restaurant business because I feel like his type of attitude that he had towards movies, you kind of have to have that to have a successful restaurant. He could be the German Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> I bet you that's what he calls himself. Let's let's be he's honest. He's not even a chef, but he's just like, I'm a restaurateur like Jordan Ramsay, except he's a retard. Well, even when... Oh, my God. (laughs) He probably did say that. I'm going to look that up when we're done with this. Uh, You know, even when they showed a clip of him in the restaurant, it kind of seemed like he was yelling at somebody. So I wouldn't be surprised if he sees himself as the German Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, I agree with you. I, I did enjoy watching this documentary because, um, honestly, yeah, it's, it's it's tough dealing with a narcissist, especially someone as outspoken like him or, you know, the other example we've we've mentioned a few times. But uh, unfortunately, in our society, narcissism sells. I mean, just take the new term fucking influencers or Instagram models. Those are all just narcissists. People that are like, I should get like, hey, I'm a I'm an Instagram influencer. Will you if I show off your hotel, will you give me a free stay here? You'll get so much traction. It's like, why? What? Who the fuck are? It's just people who are narcissistic, but they're successful. And that's why this guy was successful. And he even said it like, yeah, you might see my name and immediately think this movie's going to be shit. But guess what? People still went and saw that movie, and it still premiered in more countries than normal movies that come out of Hollywood do. And we've seen Donald Trump, ultimate narcissist, became president because Obama fucking made fun of him one time at a goddamn, like, correspondence dinner. He's like, hey, I have one thing over you, Mr. Trump. You'll never be president. I believe when they've pointed this out, that he was pretty much done when streaming became a big thing. Yeah. Except he's probably seeing an uptick with just me renting and Josh. Well, Josh oh. tries to get him for free. I just can't yeah. deal with commercials. So I'll, I'll just, I, I, I'll I've looked up the movie on IMDb and it's like, you can stream it for a dollar 99 on prime. And I was like, Oh hell yeah. And then I went to prime. It was 299, like, motherfuckers. I'm like, fuck, I don't want to watch this. Maybe I'll just read the Wikipedia article about it <laughs> and fake it till I get through this whole goddamn review. But that's, you know, um, he was definitely making the money off of like those like at the time, Blood Rain, it was a blockbuster rental when I when I first saw it. So he was definitely making money off of that. Yeah. And then like, you know, five dollar bins at Walmart people, especially gamers, you know, a good portion of us know that these movies are going to be bad. And when we can pay five dollars to go see them, like get a DVD of it. You know, normally people will just buy it. So I guess that's probably where he was making most of his market. But I think he just realized he couldn't keep up with movies because I think most of his movies ended up just being directed DVD, right? Um, a few of them. Yeah, a good amount of them got theatrical releases. But I think after Postal, a lot of uh, theaters were probably wary to put um, his movies in theaters, especially after that. It became a lot of political stuff like Rampage was like you know, Columbine shooting and Rampage 2 is about fucking killing the president of the United States. And Postal had that whole thing about George W. Bush and Osama bin Laden being fucking best buddies or something like that. And he got warned a lot about about that, about that movie. Yeah. You know, being yeah the actors. Yeah. You're being like, you know, it is a little too close to uh... a Canadian actor. Dave Foley. Is that the guy that showed his dick in that movie? 
yeah, uh, he was the one that said like, yeah, I don't think you should do this scene about you know the flight ninety three or whatever hitting the the North Tower, and he's like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna take your dick out, and we're gonna film this scene. Exactly. (laughs) Well, Clint Howard thought that you know UV was mad at him for a while because Clint Howard kind of refused to do that movie. He was just like. This is kind of um this is this is suicide like yeah. for the entertainment business like I think he also said that he was doing something and also he didn't like the script and he thought it was not something oh, he yeah. wanted to he do. He said he w- he didn't want to touch yeah. it. But Clint Howard really doesn't have um um he doesn't really have a lot of say in what roles he gets picked for he's like a character actor, he's a character you know? actor exactly like maybe he could be maybe if they do another like horror movie based on that ice cream man thing he did back in the 80s and number two he scoops more people <laughs> brains out or whatever i don't fucking know i never saw that shit um i did like how he totally blamed and uh, yep i'm queuing up a clip right here um i did like his reaction to uh his constant nominations as Razzies, and I did look oh, it up. Sending that video, yeah. Uh, I did look it up. Um, he does blame them for ruining his career, and you'll hear it in this clip as well. I believe he was nominated for worst director four or five times, um, and then he did also win a worst career achievement award, which he very humorously accepted. He did a video that he sent us from some film location in Africa. Ah, oh, fuck, you found me. <laughs> yeah, uh, dear Razy assholes, uh, you see, I moved actually to Darfur, uh, Sudan, uh, because you finished me up, you destroyed my life, my business, everything, with your shitty Razy nominations. Go back to your fucking stupid Starbucks in West Hollywood, you prick. <laughs> At first, before we saw this, I thought it was going to be like him doing a joke. Because a lot of people that accept Razzies kind of make fun of themselves. Like Halle, uh, yeah, Halle Berry for Catwoman. She mm-hmm. came and like quoted some of the shitty scenes and, you know, had fun with it. But I don't think he was kidding. I think he was legitimately pissed. No, I, I that seemed like satire. Like he could have just not sent something. If he if he was serious, they probably wouldn't have posted it. Are you it was, kidding me? He could have just not said something. This is UV Bull, man. I remember you. We went. You went and showed me a bunch of like um, reviews shitting on him and him replying to them. Yeah, but I mean, he also could have said way worse. Then I'll say it that way. He could have said something way worse. True. And why did he didn't do it in such a satirical way? Like he's digging a trench in Sudan because he's. Because the Razzies nominated him, like no, that's not going to end your career. No, it's not. So all right, maybe making shitty movies ends your career. But yeah. yes, it's true. But he he thinks his movies are great. Yeah, yeah, he sticks to his guns, I guess, even if they are Nazi guns. They are Nazi guns. They're paid for by Nazi gold and the gold teeth of Auschwitz victims. Ooh. But going along the lines of, sorry, I was looking at my notes and I think he literally asks, like, you know, other directors have made shitty movies. Why is it that he is not allowed to make some shitty movies? 
It's like he makes a shitty movie and it's a big fucking deal, but then there's a lot of other shitty movies and, you know, he he is, like, penalized for it. Why do you think that is, Josh? Um, I think it's just his uh, outward and outlandish arrogance has tainted a lot of people's opinion. They can't let... They have to be harsher on him. I mean, for the most part, he's probably right in some aspects. Like, he's been such a fucking asshole to people that they're just not willing to give his movies the time of day regardless they're not going to be good anyway like maybe his passion piece movies are manageable or for whatever they are but um i'll never watch them this documentary is not changing my opinion about a single movie that he put out (laughs) and that we've reviewed so far i got uh like acid flashbacks when they were like going through a bunch of his movies uh, I I do want to see Dungeon Siege because Matt Willard's in it, and he yeah, was. I was like, bad. okay, this looks f- fucking terrible. Oh God, Scoob, we got poisoned. <laughs> oh, I just I I thought of the fucking when he was acting like that. I just thought of Scream, and he's like, "You fucking stab me, man! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're not gonna tell my parents, are you? <laughs> They're gonna be so mad." <laughs> Oh, Scoob, the oh, antidote. Fucking die. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say, here's what I will say. Watching this documentary, I, I can respect the guy a little more, not for the movies I've seen and we've reviewed, but for being a person that's stuck to his guns and stuck to his own creative process and was not willing to budge. I can respect that. I can. Is that detrimental to the end product for the most part? Yeah, definitely. But hey, it's a little. It's like a. It's 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 like a John Wayne stance right there, partner. He's like unflinching, unfaltering. <laughs> and and on my end too, and I do agree with you, Josh. Like you know, I do give him props on that. And there were some points where you could tell, like, it definitely hurt him. You know, because. I get it. We do shit on movies. That's part of this podcast. And sometimes, you know, we go a little too hard and we get it. That's something that somebody created. There's people that put a lot of work, hard work into that. And, you know, I can understand when somebody sees a review of something that they thought they put some heart into um, and they falter. The only thing in UV Bull's case is he didn't take that criticism and try to do better or figure out why these people are saying that instead he just threw a tantrum beat up a couple critics and still continued making the movies his way yep so love him or hate him he is uv bowl that's it and let's get him on this podcast apparently he has one so oh yeah i saw that i I don't want to listen to it. Yeah, I'm very interested <laughs> because every time they showed clips about his podcast, it was just him just saying, Hollywood shit, my movies are great, they fucking suck next episode. Fuck Hollywood, they can suck my dick. They Robert Downey men- Jr. fucks his own ass. <laughs> <laughs> they all fuck each other, then make movies, and then laugh at you. Ha, 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 ha. I mean, maybe he went to a party and he saw that, and he's just like, damn, look at them all fucking each other. I did like how he uh, he said something. If he saw Tom Cruise, he would tell oh. them Scientology is shit. And I was like, well, I think Yeah, that was the should. quote that I read earlier. Yeah. He's like, I don't... 
He's like, I don't respect people, but I don't, I'm not saying I outwardly go to disrespect people. He's like, I just don't see people as being above me. So, you know, hashtag equality. But then he was like, if I see Will Smith, he's not above me. If I see Tom Cruise, I'll tell him Scientology shit and it's retarded. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, whoa, okay. Yeah, but Tom Cruise will fucking fly a F-15 right into you. Yeah. Because he's got flight training. I'm sure he wants that for publicity. Why didn't he try to fight uh, Tom Cruise? Tom Cruise probably doesn't know who he is. (laughs) (laughs) Why would he? Like... Tom Cruise True. might actually beat the shit out of him. Tom Cruise is... If Tom Cruise was going to do a boxing movie, he would be the best boxer of all time before he fucking did that movie. Like, the guy might be a nut job when it comes to whatever his religion, but he is one of those actors that, hey, I'm doing a Top Gun movie. I'm going to learn how to fly a fucking jet. I'm going to fly that jet in this movie. I'm not going to fake it. We're going to do Mission Impossible with fucking Superman. I'm going to learn how to do advanced helicopter fucking shit. He's like, oh, we have to do this stunt where I have to hold on to a crate that's being lifted into the air by a helicopter. Don't put a harness on me. It'll make it look better. Yeah, I got to give him that. You see that? You ever see that clip where he was filming that Mission Impossible movie and he broke his fucking ankle jumping across roofs? I heard about it. And he finished... The scene where and he had to stand up and run towards the camera, but he fucking broke his ankle. Jesus Christ! I it's read dedication. about that. It's dedication. Watch, watch it, dude. It's so fucked up. Oh, I actually heard about that uh, through the podcast Blank Check, where uh, um, with Griffin Newman, who played Arthur in the live action, the newer live action of The Tick, and he talks about in that last season. Uh, you know, somebody was bragging, being like, oh, yeah, you know, Griffin hurt himself and had to, like, go half half of the movie in pain like Tom Cruise did. And he was talking about, he's like, you know, Tom Cruise was hopping through building to building. I sneezed really hard and threw out my back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the difference. That's definitely the difference. <laughs> I thought that was Tom fun. Cruise jumped from a building to another building. And it was way more than like six to eight feet. And he did it with no wires. (laughs) And his jump had to jump. So he had to hold himself up by his arms. But he broke his ankle. And then he still climbed up and ran with a broken ankle. He's a madman. Yeah, but I don't know. Tom Cruise and Scientology. But hey. Yeah, whatever. I'm not the one. If he wants to spend all his money like increasing his thetans or whatever the fuck it is so he can get superpowers i don't know so he can jerk off oh, i don't think that's the i don't think that's in the book of scientology <laughs> <laughs> so i think that wraps up our discussion of fuck you all the uv bowl story and um josh yes my son <laughs> what are we watching next week um Oh, uh, it was the, oh, fuck, I forgot. It's on the tip of my tongue. What is Welcome it? to the jungle. Oh, yeah, Jumanji. <laughs> Jumanji, welcome Jumanji. to the jungle. That was the, uh, okay. that was the name of the technical sequel of Jumanji. But since it is 
technically based, not based on a video game, but technically it's video game themed, we have decided to do Jumanji. Yeah, I look at it kind of like Pixels. Like if we, if you were going to say, let's review the original Jumanji, I'd say no, because that doesn't have anything to do with a video game. It has something to do with a board game. This one actually does have something to do with a video game because they get pulled into a video game, I believe, right? So that goes into our territory, the original movie, which we will probably be doing on my other podcast. Make sure to check that out. Let's see that again, which we have currently just released soon. By the time this has been released, our Back to the Future episode. Doc, (laughs) you're telling me. The Rock is in a jungle <laughs> with Kevin Hart and Jack Black. <laughs> and he plays a girl. <laughs> and my mom wants to fuck me. And you vaporized Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that'll be very interesting to see. But we know I, I've already seen it. I'm very interested to see uh, your reaction to it, Josh. Yeah, I have not seen that movie either of them. I know there's another one, too. There's a newer one. I haven't seen the newer one. I heard that one's like off the rails. Like um, they kind of just let The Rock and Kevin Hart kind of do their own thing in that. Good. I bet it's fucking great then. And we they, they're hilarious together. And we'll do it at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Like I've seen interviews with them, too. And <laughs> there's I, the one of the funniest interviews. I think it was one of these Jumanji movies where they come in and. Kevin Hart is pretending to be the rock with all of his like little weird things, like talking to like, Hey, hey let, me get, let me get a bottle of water. Like a couple minutes. Yeah. Make sure my, my gym is pulled up out front. And then like <laughs> the rock is pretending to be Kevin Hart, <laughs> like talking like, you know, Kevin Hart does he's five foot two. So, you know, he's got to speak a lot louder than everyone that yeah. be heard. I, I think it's, I think they're going to be, fine i th- I think this is going to be good movies i think i think you'll like it i yeah. i enjoyed it so make sure to check us out next week while we review jumanji which i probably don't have to say again and as usual if you have anything to say to us you want me to, to s- suck your dick wow uh <laughs> maybe, maybe take that one again <laughs> or if we if we missed anything while discussing this movie or if you would like to make a suggestion please reach out to us at 8bitmoviereview at gmail.com that's the number 8 bitmoviereview at gmail.com and don't forget please review us and rate us on Apple Podcasts if you give us 5 stars say whatever the fuck you want and we'll read your review and maybe we'll send you something and don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram also, if you want to listen to our backlog of video game discussions and video game movie reviews, you can go to our website at 8bitpod.com. That is the number 8bitpod.com. I'm Andrew Gonzalez. And I'm Joshua Edgington. And we'll see you next week. Guten Tag. Guten Tag. Guten Tag. Scheiße, scheiße, scheiße.